Welcome to a brand new episode of Ceremony Circle. Hello, fam. I am Allison Charles Story, the official Ceremony Circle guide and also best-selling author of Animal Power Book and Card Deck. And today we're joined by Flora Ware. She is a sacred sound priestess and founder of Earth Song Temple, where she serves a global community through ceremony, singing circles, and earth magic. As a vocal coach, she helps spiritual entrepreneurs become confident speakers, and Flora believes that our voices are magical instruments for healing and manifestation, and loves nothing more than helping women express their medicine and magic. In 93, her mother brought 14-year-old Flora to a full moon women's circle, and she remembered she was a Celtic witch, and she's been on a spiritual path of devotion to the divine feminine ever since. And today with Flora, we cover a lot of magic, but we do focus a lot on her journey and advice in being a sacred musician, how that calling and path first revealed to her, the difference between chanting, toning, and singing, how you can incorporate using your voices and ritual and spiritual practices, even if you think that you are a quote-unquote bad singer or quote-unquote have a bad voice. We learned today that none of that is really true, and I share that story from personal experience. We also cover how she made the jump from being a classically trained singer, where she actually performed opera, to pivoting moreover to being a divine channel and allowing the songs to move through her as medicine. Flora also shares really important tips on how having a strong connection to our throat chakras is essential for us to be able to share our medicine with the world. And you'll want to stick around to the end for our closing ceremony circle practice where Flora shares a vocalizing technique and a special poem. So let's get into it, fam. It is time to reharmonize with your soul, sacred music and throat chakra healing with Flora Ware. I've been looking forward to this one. Welcome, Flora. Thank you, Allison. <laughs> I love your name. Where did the name come from? I think you're the first Flora I know. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, Flora is Latin for like the plant kingdom, green and growing things. Flora is also the Roman goddess of spring and flowers. So that flora and fauna, right? Flora is the greenness in the world. And my parents were both gardeners and love the natural world. And they were also fans of Flora Purim, who was a singer with the Chick Corea band. So I both, I became a gardener and a singer. So my parents tuned in well, naming me Flora. <laughs> That is so good. And it's funny because, you know, we took our little minute there to just get clear and maybe a little more grounded before I hit record. Occasionally when I'm doing that, you know, I'll get guided to a vision or an awareness and what showed up in that very brief time was this bird that somehow got into our house today. Mm. And I hadn't connected any dots to that. And I'm not trying to force any dots, but it was just a curiosity of like, huh, there was like, a, when I think of birds, I think of song and singing and especially right. the birds here in Texas, I've lived a lot of different places, but the birds here are incredibly vocal. And I love that. I mean, they wake me up every morning and they have very distinct and loud calls and songs. And yeah, somehow today my husband and I are still super confused because 
while we do like to have our windows open and stuff a lot, they all have screens on them. And I was out in the backyard in a hammock this morning and he came out there and he's like, I took care of it and the bird is fine and the bird is back free, you know, because we tend to have animals that gravitate inside of our home. It's this healing temple. We've had squirrels. We've had all sorts of insects. We've had scorpions. We've had birds. and They love to try to get in. And I'm always nervous that before they can get out that they're going to bang against a wall or something and hurt themselves. So anyways, long story short, he came out and said this cute little chubby little bird was like in, he was specifically in here in, in my office. So yeah, I don't know. Do you have any specific connections with birds or... (laughs) I absolutely like you. I love birds and I keep a feeder during the winter to attract the the songbirds over the winter. And so that's, yeah, that's really neat. And I'm so glad that the bird is out and safe and free. <laughs> I know. I know. It was such a funny, unexpected thing. Yeah. We still, to this moment, like I came back and checked all the doors and all the windows. I'm like, how did that bird get in? It remains a mystery, but yeah, you know, I really loved to know that you were going to come on ceremony circle because a couple of the titles that you utilize to describe your work, your calling, your mission this lifetime are sacred musician and ceremonial priestess, both things that I also very much resonate with and live the codes by. And the, yeah, the musicianship piece has always been there, but specifically when it comes to the voice and singing, that has been something that has brought a unique texture for me personally on my path because I'm historically not like a professional singer, right? And yes, I can carry a tune. And yes, I'm very, very grateful. I get sent sacred songs and medicine songs anytime I close my eyes and open up that pathway. Like, And typically they're very funny and silly and sweet songs, which I love. And I'm sharing all this because one, it's my truth. And two, I think people sitting with us can potentially relate that as the song piece and and expressing medicine that way was coming in stronger and stronger and stronger for me, I had to really accept the fact that I'm called to do this and I enjoy doing this. And I'm also aware that my voice isn't quote unquote, the best voice in the world. And I just had to accept that and be like, you know what? I need to trust that the resonance I'm sharing or the medicine, the transmission that moves through me is what it's all about. And I won't let myself get caught in my head that like, I'm not this trained professional singer. And I'm just curious your thoughts on all of that and what comes up for you when I share all that. I have so many thoughts, (laughs) so many feelings. (laughs) Thank you, Allison. Yeah, that's really uh, probably the biggest obstacle that a lot of people have in expressing themselves, especially through song, through singing, that this idea that like only the trained are like allowed to sing or like only professional singers. Those are the only ones that we want to listen to. And it makes sense because of the culture that we're in and that that happens. And yet I'm incredibly moved. In in some ways, I'm even more moved emotionally, like in my heart, when I hear someone who is braving to sing and share their voice 
you know, when it's clear that they don't have this ro- robust professional voice, like, cause there's something that's even more authentic and genuine, just like straight from the heart. I, for one, as a professionally trained singer have been on a 10 year journey this last decade of really unlearning a lot of that training around my voice so that I can be more of a divine channel to let that come through me rather than 20 years ago, wanting to nail exactly that jazz song that I was working on or whether it was a Broadway piece and having to adjust and uh, manipulate my sound and my voice to sing those kinds of songs when we're in a sacred space, that's not the kind of music that, that comes through. Right. So that's really the biggest block that I work with a lot of people on, or, you know, I just talk about to inspire people like sing anyway, share your voice anyway, when it's coming from the heart, it's so potent. That is so interesting. I hadn't really sat and thought too much about the opposite side of the spectrum that you just brought in where, you know, I could see how both bring potential challenges, resistances, and we'll get into your backstory and how you started at such young age. And it's just always been such a natural gift for you, but yeah. How were there years where you were meeting with a voice coach and like taking singing lessons and things ever? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> years and years. I started with opera, honestly. <laughs> wow. So, you, that was challenge. your starting point. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, yeah, my first few singing teachers w- were training me in what's called the bel canto technique. It's the Italian beautiful singing bel canto. And I loved it. It was so wonderful because I was coming out of musical theater a bit in high school. And then from musical theater to opera, the, really the name of the game is project projection, right? Being on stage, having the projection to reach the back seats, that kind of idea. And I'm even like getting louder as I'm talking about it. Then I went to college, music college, and I got my diploma in jazz voice and contemporary voice. So I was entirely immersed in the American songbook of jazz and blues and Ella Fitzgerald, Sarah Vaughan, you know, all of the greats. And then I was fortunate that right soon after getting my, my music diploma and I was performing with my jazz band and I was like trying to make it go. I really like, I wanted to be the next Nora Jones. I'll just admit it. That was like my dream back in the day. You know, I was fortunate that I discovered sound healing soon after that Hmm. with the focus on the voice. And then I studied with Jonathan Goldman, who is based out of Colorado. And that was the first turning point. And I was 20, 324. Let's just say it was 20 years ago. So 20 years ago, I went through a big turning point in in understanding my voice as a healing instrument. Mm. Gosh. Okay. Like I want to stay in this nucleus that we're in just a little bit more because I'm really fascinated by it. Again, this deconstruction of sorts of all of this more classical and professional training. And then I don't know if simultaneously around the same time that you were being trained more in the sound healing, and if you were also having any sort of more spiritual awakening or a deepening connection with your soul, but then, yeah, like what was that process like for you of, 
I'm trying to understand like changing the dynamics of your throat chakra, or did you need to connect with your heart or your sacral chakra more before you would sing? Like, how did you start to sing differently so that it wasn't this constructed, like performative way. And it was more from this soul transmission place. Cause those are very different feelings. They, they really are. And your intuition is bang on Allison, because really the chakras were a key system for me to really work with. Again, back to my childhood, I was blessed with, you know, my hippie parents I was introduced to the chakras young. I was introduced to yoga young, but at that point in my mid twenties, early twenties, it really was learning to sing from the chakras through a practice that's known as chakra toning, like toning sounds with the chakra vowels and with an intention of connecting with the chakras. That really was the practice that radically shift my relationship to my voice and also allowed me to start sharing voice in a different way with others, like in a workshop setting or in a ceremony circle setting. Let's do some chakra toning rather than, you know, what I'm going to teach you a jazz song like that. Didn't it, there wasn't a fit. (laughs) did, Did you ever catch yourself? I mean, I would guess this would have a tendency of happening, especially as you're just beginning to, have those shifts occur within yourself? Like, were you ever guiding more of a spiritual class or in a ceremonial setting where you would catch that more, the older paradigm version of you that was more that classically trained trying to come out, or maybe it came out and you're like, Oh, that's not like, did you ever mid song or mid ceremony have to really shift yourself because you realized you were going more the jazz route or whatever. You know, I'm not having a particular memory really stand out to me about that, but I find actually that I've been noticing that more, uh, more recently rather Mm. than then probably because it's just really noticeable for me of, am I trying to belt this song? That's what term that we use in singing again with that projection. Am I trying to belt this uh, medicine song? Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Things like belting this song. Also, I think the dynamic with even zoom that sometimes it's like, I want to be heard or my audio settings, right? That sometimes when we're in an in-person space, we know that we can hear everyone really well. So I guess the answer is yes. I have definitely thought myself (laughs) (laughs) needing to rein it back. Yeah. And I'd love if you could take us through a little bit more detailed. I think I got this from your website. It reads my mother and I'm reading from Flora's voice from the website. This is not my story. It's hers. She says, my mother says I started singing before I could even talk. And by age six, I had taught myself how to play songs on my toy piano by ear. I began studying voice formally as a teenager. And after high school completed my music diploma in jazz and contemporary voice. And in 2004 trained with Jonathan Goldman at the healing sounds intensive with a focus on the voice. And I'm so curious, like my childhood memories aren't super clear, but if yours are 
are. Do you remember, I don't know, like any first, like that toy piano thing really tripped me up. I was like, hold on, six-year-old. I mean, and I believe it. I, I was a competitive athlete before I was even three. And people are like, wait, like I see the disbelief. I'm like, no, there's actually pictures. There's proof. So I believe it. It's just like, I'm fascinated by it. Can you just kind of paint that picture for us a little bit being so young and having this gift already being so alive inside of you, what that was like? Mm. Well, babies, when we're born, we're born completely trusting our voice, Mm. knowing that our voice is really the only way that we can alert the people around us that we need something, right? Like, if you ever spend any time around a baby, they are not vocally inhibited. Right? <laughs> they will cry. They will, you know, we will do that. And so it's conditioning and upbringing that shuts down our voices, mm. being told to, to quiet down, being told, you know, whatever it is, or not being believed if we speak is something that's true, you know, whatever it is. Or not and- being heard, right? Because- yeah. I have been working through, I just had a little light bulb go off, like, and I won't get into it. It's way too deep and long. I've been in some of the deepest healing waters of any lifetime the last like month. Mm. So it's wild. And I'll try to succinctly share that one of the big pieces of these deep healing waters, it pertains to like family constellation work and getting back to my birth story and also past life experiences. I've been led into really intense initiations lately, one including a near-death experience actually that happened last month. And it was all around my voice and literally screaming for help and not being heard. And it taking me back to my childhood, I developed pneumonia. I was a very, very like, they had, they named me my birth last name is, is actually Mills and they didn't have a first name for me. So my little card in front of my baby holder, whatever. I don't know, whatever they put babies in. It said smiley baby mills. So I was very healthy, very happy child. And then just a few weeks after I was born, I got pneumonia. I was put into this incubator thing. And I have been going back and revisiting these memories and rebirthing my birth story. And kind of as this healthy divine version of myself going back and kind of reparenting and going back to little six week old Allie and telling her you're heard these cries because I could see visions of myself in this incubator, not being able to breathe because my lungs had pneumonia and like crying out for help and feeling like I wasn't heard and how scary that was and how traumatizing that was. And even giving little Allie a voice to this experience now on this podcast and this moment with you is actually very healing just to acknowledge that experience that I had as a child. And I don't know, it just, I wanted to speak to that because it came in when you took us to the fact that, yeah, when we're children, it, it is those really like impressionable times when we're in our full throat chakra expression. And then the things that can happen to traumatize or bring other things to it. So I don't know if anything comes up for you and all of that, or if people are recognizing, even as we're talking about, huh, I feel like I had that as a newborn or as a child where my throat chakra kind of got stifled or suppressed. Are there particular practices that you guide people in to help to heal the throat chakra specifically? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Because whether people are are aware of those 
incidences of, you know, in, in childhood or from their life, like, like you've become aware or not, you know, these things that kind of just like build up over time where we just consistently get that message that we should just be quiet <laughs> or only say things that are not going to upset other people around or whatever the messages we get, right. We just start to limit, we just limit, limit block, and women especially, as much progress as, as we've made in the last uh, half a century or more, really, let's just say a century, but uh, that women especially, we're moving through millennia and millennia of oppression of our voices. And so when I'm working with a client or with a group around healing the throat chakra, any number of those kinds of memories can mm. come up. Oh, interesting. Or just the feeling like everyone, everyone, <laughs> I've never met someone who doesn't know the physical sensation of that lump in the throat yes. or that tightening. And so exercises or practices that can start to relax and open up the throat chakra, it can surprise people if they're not expecting the shadow healing piece, which I always inform people of. <laughs> but if they're not expecting it, it's like, whoa. I was, um, you know, I would, I'd get messages after say my, my singing circles. I suddenly had a memory of my mom telling me to shut up when I was singing in the car. And then we hold compassion for both her as a child and also the mother who knows what the mother was dealing with that day. Right. And, and, and clients that have been sexually assaulted and were calling out, screaming out for help and were not heard terrible traumas. And then you mentioned past lives too. <laughs> we talk, it, for, especially for those of us that are sensitive and, and have really done this work, it can feel like that extra load of, oh, I'm not even just healing this lifetime. I'm healing <laughs> many lifetimes of yes. this. Uh, or even healing on the collective, right? You know, Yes, that too, that too. So coming back to my childhood, I mean, this is obviously my Dharma and my soul gifts in this lifetime because I was blessed with parents who encouraged and my father is a musician, singer. Like I have so many baby photos in like that beautiful, like seventies, like Kodak film, you know, on the photos, actual photographs. I have those too. I'm a seventies gal. Yeah. Too. Nice. Okay. Nice. And of him playing his guitar and singing to me and me just being like listening. So I, you know, I was raised with music and I was raised to, to just understand my voice as a creative channel. And yet I still know all of the conditioning around the blocks, but that's simply been my path. I think it's so great for people to even know that it exists, the potential to unblock and free and liberate your throat chakra through different practices. And speaking of that, I have been a huge chanter. I attribute chanting to so much of my own healing. It's been one of my favorite practices on the spiritual path. But can you explain for people that are new to their throat chakra or new to the different versions, can what are the differences between chanting, toning, and singing? Yeah, that's a great question. So let's start with toning. Toning is simply sounding on an open vowel. Ah, uh, right. Oh, oh, that's a 
that's a tone and you just sustain a vowel. I mean, really all singing happens on the vowels. And what is the purpose of toning? Is it warming up your throat or why does one tone? Well, yes, it is a wonderful way to warm up the voice, but it's also, you can also use toning when you're working with seed syllables, like in the Vedic tradition, there are seed syllables that are connected to the chakras, or you can be working with the actual chakra vowels. So it really depends on the intent of the user or the person who's doing it really, that a tone, a toning can be simply a warm up. Uh, you know, la, 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 la. That's not really toning, but just like on a vowel or you're using toning in a ritualistic sacred with sacred intent of, so ah, for example, come back to ah, it's the heart chakra vowel. So if I was going to intentionally tone on ah, connecting with my heart, ah, and then, you know, keep on doing it. it that's a different approach. I could feel that in my heart when you sent that mm. out. My heart heard your heart. <laughs> Beautiful. So that's toning. Okay. And so chanting or mantra, they're very closely connected. Mantra or uh, chanting, you have words, mm -hmm. right? And it usually there, it's a short phrase. I always think of aham prema, you know, I know there's a trillion of them, but aham prema is one that always comes to mind for me. Beautiful. So that is a mantra that you can repeat over and over. And again, especially when you're working with a mantra or a chant that has ancient roots, you will often find yourself in the process of chanting that mantra, you are aligning with the vibration of what that mantra, the vibrational coding yeah. of that mantra. And so one of my favorites is, um, is um, Ong Guru Dev Namo or Ong Namo Guru Dev Namo. And whenever I chant that, I feel myself vibrationally connected to everyone that has ever chanted that mantra because hmm. there's such an impression made in the 5D reality around us, right? Like in the etheric, that is really powerful to work with mantras and chants that have ancient roots. That said, we're also finding and creating new mantras out of affirmations for today. And they can be equally beautiful and powerful, even if, and this is where chanting for ourselves, if we just have an affirmation that we need for the day, mm. you know, I am safe. I am loved. Whatever you need to hear in a particular day, you can create that affirmation and turn it into a little mantra for yourself. I always sing sweet little mantras to both of our pets. We have my silly 16 and a half year old black Persian cat named Harry Gatto, AKA Jellybean. And then our sweet little doggy cookie. I sing little songs to her telling her something about how she's the most beautiful girl in the whole world. And she, to her little eyes, I swear, sometimes they well up in tears. She loves when I sing her little affirmations about how beautiful she is. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. So, That's yeah. So, sweet. so, so singing of the third singing, I mean, you're definitely still singing in a respect if you're, if you're chanting, um, 
But I, I suppose I would define it is that, okay, so toning, come back again. Toning is like one pitch or one note that you sustain. Ah, right. One chanting or mantras, usually still very simple, like two, three notes. They all, you know. Yeah, often... I think for the aham prema, mine would be aham prema, aham prema. It's like yeah, like you're saying, very simple. Right. Three. So three notes there. Whereas, so then singing. It, as the definition is like using the full range of your voice and there's going to be lyrics involved usually like so lots of words and then you know depending on the song structure right you have like multiple verses or you have of course it's not like small and short and repetitive so i guess you know that's the difference between going from the most simplistic which is toning to then chants and mantras we're getting a little bit more and then singing is like the full repertoire of songs and of course depending on the style of music it's going to be very different but that that's a great question to from the one frequency one note to like all the notes mm -hmm. of singing. hitting those ariana grande falsettos or whatever it's called <laughs> i saw a tiktok video this week i like i mean i'm not even gonna try to attempt it but i was like i didn't even know it was possible to get up that high and she just it just effortlessly flowed out of her i was like wow that is quite a gift Hey fam, popping in here super quick to remind you that my best-selling Animal Power book and card deck are both available and out now. Animal Power book is 100 animals to energize your life and awaken your soul. It's a deluxe compendium of power animals. So anytime you dream of an animal or have an animal continuously crossing your path and you're wondering why is this animal showing up so much for me, just pop into my beautiful book that also has a gorgeous full page color illustration of each animal to learn its wisdom teachings and meanings so you can more deeply understand why that animal showed up in your life. An animal power deck is super fun to work with. You can pull a random card to see what animal has a message for you that day or ask the deck a specific question to see what clarity might reveal. Both animal power book and deck are available everywhere books are sold. The book has been the number one new release in shamanism and many other categories. You can also get them from my website. And when you visit there, allisoncharles.com backslash animal power. That's A-L-Y-S-O-N, allisoncharles.com backslash animal power. You'll also receive a free video drumming shamanic journey that I personally guide where you can meet your current power animal. I appreciate your support so much. And now back to today's show. So staying in this avenue of things, I know one of the teachings that you share with your students in the world is how we can use our voice as a divine instrument for both healing and manifestation. And so I would love to pull back the curtain a little bit on both or one of those things. You can maybe pick which one. I guess I'm, I would be curious. I understand the voice as an instrument for healing. I do that a lot for myself and for others when I'm guiding ceremonies and, and rituals and blessing ways and things. But I it, like for manifestation, is there a specific, like, let me get an example. Let me tune in here. So let's see. 
So it's a bit of an abstract one, but I'll see if you have any guidance for me. So I'm working on staying in my power, like my personal power and my personal energetic field, even when someone outside of myself, let's say they're exhibiting a behavior or they're teaching from a place that I, I personally deem um, dangerous or uh, out of integrity, I, that, that is something where I historically can get very triggered and at times fiery and aggravated. And I notice that then I'm giving my power away to that, right? Like I'm letting that person's behavior affect me. Um, is there, would there be any sort of vocal thing that I can do that when I notice I'm giving my power away or I'm get, getting out of my own power, would there be a vocal practice I could do that could help center me or keep me in my energy field and keep me in my power? I know that's a very abstract question. Mm-hmm. No, it's okay though. It's okay that it's abstract because using our voice as a tool f- for manifestation works for both the physical and the abstract, right? And the energetic. So the first thing that I always say is to start saying it out loud. <laughs> Speak your desire, what you're intending to manifest. Speak it out loud mm-hmm. and start and, and start using your voice because Coming back to the Vedic tradition, mantra is considered the vibrational activator, right? Sacred sound. Sound is the activator. And so when we use our voice to activate our intent, so for your example, a practice of reminding yourself of that intent every day by saying it out loud mm-hmm. <laughs> or coming up with some affirmations that you repeat and to actually use your voice to activate them through this sound. And then when you find yourself in that moment, in that trigger, you have something to come back to. Oh, I'm getting really upset about this. Oh, okay. Right. Said I wasn't going to do this anymore. I am in my power <laughs> or whatever it is. Right. I choose to stay in my power. And then of course, coming again, using your specific example, you can choose, do I want to use my voice to speak to this? Or is it actually more staying in my power? If I just, mm, no, I don't need to get into that fray. Uh, What is it, right? Yeah. With our partners, our people that we live with, our families, it can also be a matter of telling them, this is what I'm tending to do. I'm trying to make a practice of this or whatever the intention is, whatever you're trying to manifest, right? Tell a trusted friend, tell people in your meditation. If you've gotten really used to doing everything in your own personal rituals and meditations in silence, a lot of people do, right? We meditate in silence. We write in our journals silently. We make a dream board and we look at it silently, (laughs) you know, if that's, again, there's nothing wrong and I'm not judging, but I'm inviting you to use some voice, even to like whisper. If you want to whisper your intent for a ritual or make a sound, say that that's like the first step in using our voices for manifestation and really that's vocal magic in our personal rituals. 
Thank you for bringing it back to this simple truth. And I find when I do interviews, oftentimes the most potent and powerful advice that wants to be shared through me from me, it's the most simple. And it's like, because it's just the most powerful. And as you're sharing this, I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah, it doesn't have to be some complex thing. Like it doesn't have to be that I've assigned a song that directs me back into my power. It can be that. Absolutely. And just reminding ourselves of that most, I'm putting air quotes, basic truth that our voice is that powerful and going back to that simplicity of the power that's held in just stating the intention aloud or stating your intention to your husband, because yeah, it's similar to how I have this book, animal power and this deck animal power. And I work with the animal guides and, and I find that because the animals are around us all the time, even if you live in the city, you're probably still seeing squirrels and birds and insects and things. And it's like we, because we become so regimented to them, oftentimes people forget the power of their messages for us and forget the power of the medicines the animals carry for us and what wise loving teachers and guides they are for us. And I'm connecting that to the power of our voice. We talk every day, we use our voice every day, and we forget the seeds of creation and how powerful just saying something is. So I'm so glad you brought that in. It's so important, right? That we're like, oh, well, another, you know, another crow or another seed. Right. And it's like, well, is there a message there for you? Yes. And with our voice, like, I love to say it, like, it's the most powerful instrument we have literally right under our nose, you know, that old expression, our words are our wands. And anyone that's done the deep dive into mindset work and personal growth, we know that the big in the beginning, we're learning to to know our own limiting beliefs and, and then how we speak them out loud and, and that continues to create our reality, right? I can't afford it. I don't have enough time. Oh, I don't have the energy for that. Whatever it is, I'll never find someone to love. Or, you know, like these limiting thoughts that we then speak and repeat and they continue to create our reality. When we do that work, it's so powerful that we first, we have to notice the thought, then we have to rewrite it. And then we have to speak our new thoughts, our new empowering thoughts, our intentions. We speak them more and more to create a new reality. Oh my goodness. So powerful. And I'm curious for you in your own personal life. I know you are out, so I'm letting people in my community and listening to us now, I'm I'm not outing Flora when I ask this question. Um, But how have you found, especially in hindsight, how did your voice support you in living your authentic truth, both as a queer woman and as a witch. Yeah. Like those are two, you know, very powerful things. And yeah, how how did your throat chakra help you in that journey? Mm. Great question. When I went to that first full moon women's circle with my mom at age 14, my remembrance of being a witch was like pretty much instant. Mm. It was just like, oh, this this is me. And gathering in circle like this is just was the normal way. 
And so I very easily was able to I, I adopt that. And then I discovered Starhawk Spiral Dance book and, you know, read it just like, yes. And just, I get, again, I, I feel like I've said this so many times. This is beautiful for me, just that how, how blessed that my parents were cool with it. <laughs> I lived in a small town in Western Canada, mostly progressive. It's not like I needed to like shout it from the rooftops, like I'm a witch, everybody. But it was just something that I didn't feel like I needed to hide. Mm-hmm. The difference there. I didn't need to shout it from the rooftops, but I also never felt the need that I to hide it. Right. And so then I graduate high school and move to the big city of Vancouver <laughs> and, you know, life, life goes on. And then, yeah, a few years after that, I realized, oh, I'm bisexual. I'm definitely bisexual. <laughs> I want to explore that. And again, how did I make that happen? I actually had to start telling some people. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and then... Your question, how has it helped me? It's to being honest. Mm-hmm. It's just being honest with the people that are closest to me. By 25, I was out of the closet, both as being queer and being a witch. But 20 years ago, this is before social media, there was a certain safety because these anyone who knew me, they were my friends and they knew who I was and I felt okay. I want to share that when I launched my online business in 2016 and I was suddenly putting myself out there in front of a lot more people online from a lot more different places of the world, my witch wound came, became activated big time. And I suddenly felt that fear for my safety, that fear of persecution, right? Or like it very intensely. And I, and so I had a real moment, like, you know, past life remembrances of harm, death, the burning times, right? Like it came up big time because I was putting myself out there and my work, my spiritual work. And Mm. so what did I have to do? I had to keep on coming back to my truth, my center, and knowing that what I was working for and working towards beyond my ego, beyond me trying to make it as a business, but what I was working for was more important than me being afraid of some online hater comments. Right. Yes. So I continue to use my voice every day in my work, in my life, and I'm out and I'm proud and I don't hide who I am because being straight passing I have to come out all the time. (laughs) Mm, Interesting. Right? Like if I'm not with my wife, people assume that I'm straight all the time. Any attempts that I've made to my look over the years to try to make me look more queer, just I look more artsy. It just doesn't work. I don't know. (laughs) I can see what what you mean. Yeah. So I have to use my voice continually, like say my wife instead Mm. of just my partner, or even worse, if I felt like I needed to lie to someone, oh, oh, what does your husband do for work? Oh, he is, Mm. oh my God, like that would just be awful for me. So I don't, I just don't, I have just been, I'm just a truth teller. I just tell my truth. I'm not trying to make anyone uncomfortable with who I am, but just being who I am is contrary to the status quo. So whatever you need to say, and if there's some part of you that is scared about how other people will react, I just say, isn't it worse that you're pretending to be something that you're not? 
or that you're not fully revealing all the magic of who you are. Hmm. So... Yeah, I see how you carry so many different layers to the vocal aspect, you know, because the truth teller, you're telling, you're using your voice, you're speaking, and then you're also a ceremonial guide and singing the medicine songs and the sacred songs. And you're also, I mean, maybe I'm making an incorrect assumption, but if I or someone wanted to work with you as a vocal coach, do you do that or not? Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So before we get into whatever closing ceremonial practice you want to immerse us in, I know there's a lot of different ways that people can work with you. You Do you do online singing circles? Yes. Online singing circles, online wheel of the year ceremonies. Yeah. A lot, a lot of online events so that it's a beautiful global community. And where I live, I call home on the unceded and traditional territory of the Okanagan First Nation, which is Vernon, BC, Canada. So my small little mountain town, I also host local events. We're just starting to get the local happening again, really, after the pandemic. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I always love a good singing circle and they can go to your website to find all this information, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you, Alison. Yeah. And will you remind us what your website is? It's my name, floraware.ca, because I am in Canada. So floraware.ca. That's a good little reminder. Of course, we'll put all of her links in the show notes and in the Instagram post. But yeah, I look forward to exploring your offerings and your work more. Um, You know, the name I was told to use not long after my divine intervention is Rockstar Shaman. And it's just been such a wild journey using my voice and stating that name that I was given throughout the years for many different reasons. But The interesting thing is that the real rooted and foundational meaning of it is just my embodiment and the way that my shamanic path works is working with Great Mother Earth, the rock component, and then the divine, the star component. But as the musicianship piece has come in more throughout the years. And of course I guide so many people on drumming shamanic journeys, but I recently started playing guitar again and, and just singing in different ways. And so right now, yeah, the song piece is, is really a front and center in my heart. And so I'm always looking for new ways to be in that space. So mm. Beautiful. So I'll let you take it. Wonderful. You picked up the guitar again. Yay. Yeah. Gosh, I mean, it's uh, one of the greatest joys in my life was reconnecting to that instrument. Oh my goodness. So I will let you take it from here and close us out. Okay. Beautiful. Well, I'm feeling like doing something with the voice, right? Like we talked about. Yeah. So if you want to close your eyes and... Bring your awareness to your throat chakra, to your voice. And even just like yawning to open up the jaw. And another great thing to do is even bringing your fingertips to your jaw to massage that jaw, to really remind yourself to relax that open. And letting out another yawn and a sound. 
And if you just can rest, but with your mouth slightly open, I know it can feel a little funny, but when we rest with our jaw open and our tongue lying flat on the bottom of our mouth, we actually are relaxing a whole lot of muscles that run down our entire body. So we're able to relax the full channel, our central channel. So taking just a few breaths with this really relaxed open mouth and jaw. And really feeling, noticing the vibration of your voice in your chest or wherever you feel that vibrating for you. And another sigh sound. And now let's tone together on an ohm, but without trying to make it sound like anything particular, keeping it open and resonant, keeping your jaw relaxed, your mouth open, your heart open, and just letting the sound flow through you. And one more, just feeling if that is different than how you have owned before, that really relax, no tension, open, open. And because the goddess loves three, we're going to do it a third time. Nice, open, flowing. Oh. Resting in the silence after the sound. Just noticing anything that has shifted. Perhaps this is feeling really good and you want to do more. This is your voice. This is your vibration. This is your vocal magic that's available to you at any time. Through your breath, the vibrations of sound, And your voice is perfect, is the perfect instrument for you. Really hearing this and, and trusting this, that your voice is uniquely designed for you as your instrument of healing. Your voice is your tool of manifestation. So speak the sacred, speak your intentions, speak your truth. This is your vocal magic.
And I'd love to share this poem that I wrote about magic. Every day is a living ritual. My magic is not restricted to a specific phase of the moon, a certain colored candle, an exact invocation, or things done in a correct order. Every day is a living ritual. My words magic spells, my thoughts casting circles, my choices devotional acts, all creating sacred space within the temple of my body that comes with me everywhere, leaving whispers of prayer and sprinklings of magic at the grocery store, the gas station, my son's school. Every day is a living ritual, not only in certain places at certain times. My magic cannot be contained like that, and neither can yours. Blessed, blessed be. Blessed be. That was a perfect note to end on and really encompasses what Ceremony Circle is all about, how life is ceremony. And yes, it's all the things, the whole web. So thank you so much for your time and sharing your story and your wisdoms today, Flora. It's really been an honor and a pleasure. Thank you so much, Allison. You're welcome. And thank you, Soul Fam, as always, for joining us today. And we will sit together again next time. Woo-wee! What a powerful voyage that was. It is always so fun and such an honor to share space with these beautiful beings willing to generously share their time, wisdom, and energy so we can have the opportunity to enrich our own lives. And we will always share each epic guest's links and contact info in the show notes that are on my website, alisoncharles.com, and also in my weekly Ceremony Circle podcast Instagram posts at I am Allison Charles. so it makes it easy for you to connect more deeply with them. And fam, you know by now all the heart I put into creating this show. And I would love to be able to continue providing this free content for a long, long time to come. And what would be most supportive in me being able to do that is if you have ever felt you've gained anything positive at all from listening to a Ceremony Circle podcast episode, if it's brightened your day, if it's given you clarity or insights you've been waiting for, if you felt a healing shift during one of the closing ceremony practices, anything at all, If you can just stay on whatever platform you're now listening to this show and simply go to the rating and review section and share even one reason why you're grateful for Ceremony Circle Podcast. Sacred reciprocity is a big deal and I deeply appreciate you giving back to me so I can keep creating and providing. Sending you so much love. This podcast is for information and entertainment purposes only, and my intention is not to provide medical advice or diagnosis. You should always consult a health professional before making drastic changes to your diet or lifestyle.